Hi, I'm Pastor Chris Moore. I'd like to thank you for listening to this message today. I pray that you're encouraged, that you'll receive a blessing, but most importantly, that you'll take a next step with and towards Jesus because of something you hear in today's message. Job says, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. Today, we begin a six-week series on grief. So how do we get here? Well, I just want to remind you that uh, this is probably a series that I should have probably already preached. Um, as I was on my way here to Bible Fellowship, I remember uh, meeting in this center aisle with uh, Brother Jimmy after I'd preached twice about a year ago. And he asked me if I would be interested in coming and preaching on a regular basis. And I was kind of at a crossroads in my ministry and in life and I told Brother Jimmy that I felt like the Lord was indeed calling me to do that. And so one of the things the Lord kind of gave me was some very specific objectives. He said, you know, Brother Chris, the, he, the Lord just reminded me that you guys were hurting. You had lost your pastor, Pastor Billy, very unexpectedly, uh, very, um, you know, tragically. Uh, you guys were hurting. You needed someone to love you. You needed someone to preach and teach the word. And you guys were grieving. You were grieving grieving individually as a family. Uh, his family was. You as a church body were. Why? Because there was a connection. He had faithfully um, preached and taught to you guys. And so there was a connection. And whenever he was gone and, and gone abruptly um, and, and just we didn't know what was he didn't know what was going on during that time. And so you were grieving. And so one of the first series that the Lord um, placed in my heart that we needed to do was on grief. And I stand before you this morning and I just want to remind you, uh, precious saints, that there are some of you that could come up here and preach and do a far better job than I could. Because you have been through the valley of the shadow of death. You have been through grief yourself. You've been through the loss and the grief process with uh Losing a son, losing a daughter, losing a spouse. I have not done that. And so I feel very inadequate even standing before you to talk on the subject of grief. But I also want to remind you this, that as we begin to talk on the subject of grief and we discuss grief, it very well could bring up emotions from your own past as well. And I want you to know that I'm here to pray with you and to walk alongside of you. I also want to let you know that we have taken this opportunity to create a web page specifically just for this series as we've done for others. But the grief series, if you go to our website, BibleFellowshipSumter.com, BibleFellowshipSumter.com and click on messages at the very top, you will see a little icon that says current series, finding the good in grief. And when you go there, I have placed links to some of the resources that I will be using throughout this series, some of the books that I will be referencing, and I've given you links to where you can go and look at them on Amazon. You can read more about them. You can even purchase them yourself. Uh, there's links to uh, support groups. There's two counselors that I provided their information. Uh, so I want this to be a resource. I want it to be a blessing because I want to remind you that the the ministry of Bible Fellowship is bigger than these four walls. It is bigger than these four walls. We have a website and we have a Facebook page. And when we put things out there, we don't know who it might reach. One of you might share it with a loved one or a friend in, in town or somewhere else. Or someone might stumble across it. And so my prayer is that it would be a blessing to those who are hurting 
who are going through the grieving process now, or it will prepare those of us who may soon be grieving, or that it might be preparing us for down the road. And so I'd just like to take just a moment and, and let's pray. Let's just pray for this series and, and for our discussions. And so, Father God, we thank you so much uh, for your great love. Lord, I pray for this series. I pray that you would be bring comfort to those who are hurting. Lord, that you would be with them and they would be reminded of your presence. God, I pray that there are some even here in this room that need healing as they grieve. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing into their lives. And Father, I pray for others of us that you are preparing us for a tragedy down the road. And so, Father, I pray that as we talk about grief, that we might hide the truth of your word and the truth of the grieving process in our hearts and minds, that we may have compassion on those around us, that we may be able to love them well through the grieving process. And so, Father, I pray that your will would be accomplished in this series. Lord, I don't know who this is for. If it helps just one person, Lord, I will be glad. I will be thankful for being obedient to you calling me to preach and teach on this subject. So, Father, we pray now that you would have your way in our hearts and lives, that you may receive all the glory. Father, help us to grieve, but not grieve alone, to be reminded that you are with us. So, what is grief? What is grief? I want to remind you this morning that grief is a journey. Listen, grief is inevitable. It's a journey we must all go on. I'll repeat that. Grief is inevitable. It's a journey we all must go on. You see, grief is a response to death or an ending that impacts us physically, emotionally, spiritually, etc. You see, friends, grief is not just about the loss of a someone in our life that we love, but we can also grieve other things in our life, other things that we've lost in our lives. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. I want to remind you that everybody, as I've been studying, as I've been studying and reading about grief, everybody has a model of what grief looks like, right? Everybody's tried to put it into these stages. They, they tried to put it into a nice, neat little box, but they're all over the place. And that's because you can't order grief. It looks different for each and every person. And I just want to remind you this morning, you know, go to the library. Uh, I'm sorry, go to the bookstore. Go to the bookstore and look at the self-help section. Well, son, now bookstore is this. This is a place where, you know, imagine a library, but there are tons of books, right? And, and you go there and people go there to buy them. See, see, friends, you have to kind of explain it to the younger generation. They just are so used to buying things on Amazon. And there used to be real bookstores with books that you would actually go and look at and read and, and purchase. But all jokes aside... Everybody has something to say. Everybody has, well, this is the way you do it, and this is the stages, and this is the journey that you'll be on. But can I remind you of this, that regardless of what you're reading, regardless of what you hear, there might be stages, there might be steps, but though each person grieves differently. Each person is going to process things differently. It's not linear. I'm going to share in just a few moments some stages of grief with you. It's, it's not linear. You're not just going to go step one, step two, step three, step four. No. No, you might go, you might go, you might be in denial and then you might be angry, but 
then you might be depressed, but you might go back to denial. So just remember that regardless of what you read, regardless of what you hear, grief is a journey. And grief is a process. And while there might be steps, and there may be stages, we all grieve differently. So just because you've lost a loved one, you've lost a spouse, you've lost a child, you've lost a dear friend that you loved, does not mean that because your other friend is struggling with something, that something's wrong with them. They're going to process that and step through grief quickly or slower. They're going to get, there are different stages that you will hear us talk about. There are some stages. They will get stuck in some of those. Amen? But that does not mean that they have a lack of faith. It just means that they are processing those things. So you can't look at them and say, come on, hurry up, get on out of there. You can't do that. Now listen, most folks have heard or either seen in some form or fashion, uh, there's a lady by the name of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and she has five stages of grief. And you'll see these, they're varied, depends on who's writing. But there are five, she says there are five stages of grief. Here they are. They're denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So that is kind of a nice little neat package. But can I remind you that it's not a linear thing. It's not like, oh, your loved one died. Oh, you're in denial. Oh, well, next you're going to be angry. No, man, you might be angry first, and then you might be depressed. And it's not It's not like, hey, here are these five steps, and you can go through step one, and, oh, okay, you're about to click over to step two. Oh, well, you're hung up on step two. You ain't got to step three yet. No. Those are just things. Those are categories that they've put those things in. Like Kubler-Ross says, she says, people love my stages. They just don't want to be in one. And when we think about the five stages of death occurring for a dying person, but many times loved ones go through them ahead of death as well. Grief is not just a series of events, stages, or timelines. Grief is real because loss is real. Grief is a reflection of a connection that has been lost. Grief is the reflection of a connection that has been lost. Grief is the healing process that ultimately brings us comfort in our pain. That pain and our love are forever connected. And to avoid the pain of loss would be to avoid the love and life we shared. Listen, as I was studying, I was reminded of this. We cannot prepare for a crisis after the crisis occurs. Y'all catch that? We cannot prepare for the crisis after the crisis occurs. Whether it's the death of a loved one, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's some other tragedy, whether it's some other event in our lives, we can't get to the point and say, oh man, i got to hurry up and prepare. No, you're already there. And so for some of us, as we go through this series, you, you might have grieved and you might have uh, come to some acceptance and you might have moved forward a little bit. But my prayer is that as we look into God's Word and as we look into these other situations, Um, other resources is that we are preparing ourselves for our next journey through grief because preparation has to take place beforehand. 
However, as we need to be reminded, forewarned is not always forearmed. And there are some things we simply cannot learn until we are in the middle of them. And speaking of planning of things, Kubler-Ross said this in her book. She said, we plan for most everything in life. We plan weeks ahead for our birthday, months ahead for vacations, over a year ahead for our weddings. We, we plan decades ahead for our retirement. But death, perhaps the biggest trip of our life, usually catches us by surprise. And when we lose a loved one to that unwanted mystery of life, we are never prepared. We're never prepared. So we can have some preparation, amen? But if you have the love and hope of Jesus, you have more than most people do in this lost and dying world, amen? Because you have somewhere to turn. You have your church body to come to that should love and encourage and step alongside of you through the journey of grief. My prayer is that this series will hopefully bring comfort to some, help others prepare, or help others, help someone understand what their loved one or friend is going through. Right? That's what we need. We need more compassion for what others are going through. Time and time again, I hear stories all the time. Oh, I thought that she was mad at me. I, I thought that he was mad at me. But when they had a conversation, it wasn't you at all. Amen? There was something else that person was internalizing. So we're so quick to think it's all about us, but it's not. So just because someone isn't maybe as friendly to you as you think they should be, extend grace. Pray for them. So what do we know about grief from the Bible? Because we didn't just come here to talk about Kubler-Ross and all these other resources. We came to look into God's Word. Solomon, one of the smartest men ever, reminds us in Ecclesiastes of this. People can never predict when hard times might come. Like fish in a net or birds in a trap, people are caught by sudden tragedy. What wise words from Solomon. If you will, take your copy of God's Word and turn over to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in John chapter 16, we see Jesus here with the disciples. And we see Jesus tell them these words. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. What a reminder. Here Jesus is talking to disciples about what's about to happen to him. And he's saying, hey, what I said's happened, going to happen is about to happen. And you will weep. You will lament, you will mourn, and the world will rejoice. We saw that in the the story of Easter, didn't we? Who did they turn loose? Jesus and Barabbas. Murderer, insurrectionist, thief, thug. Oh, give us Barabbas! Crucify him, crucify him. They rejoiced as Jesus was killed. 
Jesus says, you will be sorrowful. But then look at what he says. He says, but your sorrow will turn into joy. What a promise. What a promise. That's something that we need to remember. Turn back to the book of Psalms. Psalm 23. Many of you know that. You could quote it. You've memorized it. You've said it. You've prayed it. I want to look at one verse in Psalm 23. David is writing and he's saying, The Lord is my shepherd. Let's look together at Psalm 23, verse 4. David says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Really quickly, even though I walk through. David says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Friends, we need to continue walking. Amen. When when that time comes and we're mourning the loss of a loved one or someone that was close to us, we need to continue walking through the valley. Can I remind you of something else, especially as a photographer, that, that word shadow hit me because that's all photography is, is light and shadows. And if we have a shadow, then there means what? There must be light. And so just because you're walking through the shadow of the valley of death, there is light. He is with you. It says, I will, David says, I will fear no evil. And then, y'all, you need to remember this. For David says, and we need to say this, for you are with me. We're not alone. As we grieve, as we mourn the loss of those in our lives, we are not alone. David goes on to say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That rod is his defense. And the staff is there for his direction. As we were talking about in John 16, 20, we need to remember that even if this life is difficult now, one day we will rejoice. Friends, keep your eyes on Jesus And God's promises. Remember who God is. Remember who he said he is and what he's going to do. Listen. It's Psalm 23. Only one person can walk with us through death's dark valley. And bring us safely to the other side. The God of life. Jesus, our shepherd. Life is uncertain, amen? Therefore, we must follow the shepherd who offers us eternal comfort. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 30, verse 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalmist tells us in 56, verse 3, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Friends, we just talked about remembering the promises of God. Remembering the truths of God's word. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have to to go in my copy of God's word and I have to underline that. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. We need to remember that. This week when you get afraid, trust 
in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. So as we talk about grief, as we begin a journey of talking about grief, what are things that we grieve? Well, we grieve the death of a loved one. The loss of a job. Personal injury or illness. A change in the health of a family member. What about our jobs? A company being bought out, retirement, a dismissal from work. If there's another place in our town that you should pray for, is there's 1,600 people who work within earshot of this church who are grieving because what they knew is not what is. Amen? There are people who've worked at Prisma Health Toomey Hospital for 30 plus years, right? Do you think they experienced some grief? Sure, because what they knew as other companies came in and took over, as Palmetto Health took over, now as, as Prisma Health is becoming the company, there's grieving that's taking place. Why? Because there's change and what they knew isn't and what they did and the procedures that they did aren't what they're doing now. Pray for the hospital. Pray for those families because here's the thing. I'm a part of that family and it is a family. There's 1,600 people, but that's just the people who work there. That's not including the mamas and daddies and children that are at home. So think about how many households that affects. A lot of people, that's... An industry, we should pray for our industries, not just the hospital, but where Miss Carol works at Beckman Dickinson and other Continental, our other plants, right? We should remember to pray for them as well. Other things that we grieve, divorce, a child leaving home, a change in our financial state, maybe a foreclosure or a bankruptcy, a miscarriage. We mentioned that this morning as well, right? There's a young pilot and his wife, they are experiencing a miscarriage. Do you think there's some grieving going on? Yes. She's grieving the loss of that child. I don't know how far along she was, but they were excited, right? They were going to have a child. Now they're not. We need to pray for them. Other things we grieve. Sexual difficulties. A change in residence. A change in church activities. A loss of trust. Loss of approval. Loss of safety. And a loss of control. You see, friends, grief is inevitable. It's a journey that we all must go on. And so here are just a few nuggets of wisdom that I've picked up while reading and studying about grief. There's no correct way to grieve. There's no correct way to grieve. Despite our efforts, grief simply cannot be hurried or circumvented. You can't hurry the process. You can't say, well, I don't want to go through grief. I don't want to go through a grieving process. Well, you either go through it or you're going to be dealing with it later. Amen. You can put that off, but it will catch up with you. Grief is the outpouring of emotion and pain that expresses how we feel because what has happened in our life. Grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern or behavior. So I hope you see as we go through this series that grief is not just about death. It's about loss. 
It's about the things in our life that we lose. There was someone that came here for a while. They worked at a job for 20-something plus years, and they were laid off. Do you think that they went through a grieving process? Yeah. You think they were angry? You think they tried to bargain? You think they tried to, you know, work their way out of it? Yeah, they did. They had to go through a grieving process. Listen, everyone grieves differently. If you don't hear anything else I say today, know that Jesus said, you'll be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. The psalmist says, for you are with me. And remember that everyone grieves differently. There are no experts on grief. They might write about grief. They can share what they've learned, but it's something that we must personally go through. And as we've already mentioned, it's not possible to order grief. It's not linear. It doesn't happen in order. It's not like one, two, three, four, five, all right, I can check one off. No, man, you might go to anger and you might have to go back up. Work through some of those things. So why do we grieve? We grieve because we've loved. We grieve because we care. Julie Yarborough will be someone that we'll reference throughout this series. She is a native of Dallas, Texas. She recently came and was invited by a grief support group. She spoke at Croswell Baptist Church the day that we had our uh, work day here at the church. And um, I went and I heard her speak. She came and she had some books laid out on the table. A lot of times speakers do that, right? But the interesting thing about her was she got towards the end of the talk and she said, the books, they're for you. That's my ministry. I don't want anything for them. I don't want to take them back to Texas. Take them. Share them with your loved ones. But Julie has gone through grief. She's written about grief. She has tried to help people in grief. We reference a few of her things on our resource page. She says this, She says, grief is not a crisis of faith, it's the crisis of the heart. Grief is not a crisis of faith, it is the crisis of the heart. She says in her little booklet, A Journey Through Grief, Life Beyond the Broken Heart, she says, the more you love, the greater your grief. The more sensitive you are, the more you suffer. If you did not love, you would not suffer. Grief and suffering are linked. Listen, suffering leaves an indelible mark on the soul. Yet it may be the source of some of the greatest discoveries of life. Through suffering you understand better the things that really matter. The meaning of faith, hope, and love. In suffering, you determine whether your faith is a superficial ornament of life or is the essential foundation for all of life. In suffering, you find the deepest experience of God. I've heard some of your stories. Thank you for sharing them with me. You have experienced God. There is a deep, deep experience And you know that your faith, that you, as the old song goes, 
On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Listen, friends, God is never threatened by your emotions, especially those in grief. So maybe our prayer might look like this. If you're grieving or you know someone who is grieving, we've come thus far by faith, and we will continue to walk with our hand in yours wherever you lead us. As someone shared their story of grief, they said, I have nurtured others all my life but rarely let myself be nurtured. Friends, for some of you this morning, maybe as we go through this series, you have indeed nurtured others. You've cared for others. you loved others. But you've never grieved yourself. A woman struggling with grief once wrote, Lord, I'm drowning in the sea of perplexity. Waves of confusion crash over me. I'm too weak to shout for help. Either quiet the waves or lift me above them. It's too late to learn to swim. So you may be like that woman this morning. Lord, quiet the waves or lift me above them. Friends, I want you to remember this. Grief is a journey. Grief changes us. Grief requires us to keep walking. And grief is inevitable. It's a journey we must all go on. Let's pray. Father God, I pray, I don't know who this series is for. Lord, I know you're preparing my heart. Lord, I pray you prepare others. I pray that your peace that surpasses all understanding would be felt by someone who may be going through the shadow of death. God, remind them of who you are. Remind them that they're not alone. Father, remind them that they have ones of love around them to love them. Someone told me this week, just people simply texting and saying, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. Lord meant so much to them. Father, help us in our times of grief. Help us to love those around us. Help us to cling to you in our times of grief. Fathers, we're about to sing, Have Thine Own Way. Lord, have thine own way. That's our prayer. Have your way in our hearts and our lives that we may know you in a deep, abiding way. Father, we thank you and we love you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.